Thank you for tuning into this episode of Rainy Days with Tabs. I am your host, Tabitha, and it's such a pleasure to have you here today. On today's episode, uh, I had to come up with something. Like, that sounds bad, but <laughs> I did not know what I was going to talk about per use, right? But something did come to my mind, and it's basically where I'm at right now in my life. And I was like, okay, this is actually like a pretty legit conversation and it's about contentment. And so I feel like for a large majority of people, that word is nasty. Like it's a nasty word. What are you talking about? You want me to be content when my life is literally falling apart. But I think our attitude in the midst of the storm, in the midst of difficulty, determines how long we stay in it. Yeah, I said it. It does. It does determine how long you stay. Because if you have a pessimistic attitude about what you're going through, you're never going to get out of it. Because I feel like pessimism lowers your IQ. All of a sudden, you're not even thinking. You're not thinking positively. You're not being creative. It's like you're stifling your progress. And so I think your attitude weighs heavy on how long you stay in the storm, especially if it's a storm you can control, right? Because I feel like <laughs> most storms are like given by God, but um, I digress on that one. Well, no, no, not most storms are given by God. I feel like a lot of things, we they're self-inflicted, most definitely. I feel like you know that you shouldn't be in that mess. You get in that mess and then you get mad at God because you're in it. So I take that back. Most storms are produced by us. And God, in his infinite wisdom and grace, tries to, you know, lighten the load and calm the storm and just make it a little easier for us. But we stay in it because we're too stubborn and prideful. Now I digress. <laughs> so um, part of being content is wondering is it happening to you or for you? I know, I know. I'm in y'all business today, but I'll be out soon. <laughs> but let's think about it. The story of Joseph is one of those stories in the Bible that really angers me. Yeah, yeah, the story is great and all, but dang, why did he have to go through all of that? Just in case you don't know the story, to make it short, Joseph was the favorite amongst his brothers. His father made him a colorful coat and Joseph had vivid dreams. As you would imagine, his brothers were jealous, so they sold him to become a slave and told his father that he was dead. That escalated quickly, right? As a slave, he worked for Potiphar, which was an officer for Pharaoh. Then Potiphar's wife wanted Joseph to give her the business, if you know what I'm saying, because he was built and handsome. Joseph was cognizant of all that he had to lose and was like, nah, sis, I'm good. So homegirl framed him and said that he tried to rape her. Of course, Potiphar believed his wife and threw Joseph in jail. While in jail, Joseph become a warden. So he was basically in charge of his fellow prisoners. And then one day while he was minding his business, he interpreted a dream for Pharaoh, got promoted, and became the second in command. Ultimately, Joseph faces his brothers that sold him, realized God's plan all along, and voila. You can check out the full story and all the specs in Genesis chapter 37 through 47. Oftentimes when I've heard about this story, 
it's more so related to the aspect of Joseph just needed to be at the right place at the right time. And as for me, if I was going to add to that idea, it would just be that Joseph also had a lot of growing up to do. He was prideful. He was boastful. He was just honestly too much for himself. I don't think he really ever knew struggle and he didn't know difficulty because his father sheltered him, made him feel like a prince, and he needed to know what it was like to struggle. He needed to know what it was like to be in a place of position. I don't think you can be effective if you cannot relate, you know? I don't think you'd be able to... I don't know. I just don't think your story would be as impactful. It wouldn't be as redemptive if you didn't go through difficulty. I don't even think you'd be able to be where you are if you didn't go through difficulty. You had to have gone through something that made you look at yourself, look at your situation and say, I know I want better. I know I can get better and I will get better. I know that better will come for me. And so um, I've had to compare myself to Joseph in small ways because thankfully nobody's selling me to slavery and you know claiming that I'm dead all this other stuff jail the everything all of that other stuff but more so of just having a plan set right my life is gonna go this way it's gonna go that way I still laugh at (laughs) times and whenever I see this meme it makes me laugh as well because I'm like I really thought I was gonna get married at 25 L-O-L, like who? Um, And I really thought that I would already be dead set in my career at this age. Not, you know, it, it does suck to say that it's happened for people. Like they actually got what they wanted. Granted, I don't know at what cost, but for me, there were many different roadblocks for me. There are many different high and lows that I had to kind of endure And my attitude in those moments determined my next moves. I just, I remember graduating from high school and my inner circle, they were going off to college, straight to college. And for me, my SATs and my ACT scores weren't up there. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I don't even think I took those tests seriously. It's no excuse. It's no excuse. They weren't up there. And so I had applied to USF and got denied, um, which sucked because I'm like, wow, like everybody else is going off, you know, to university and here I am being stuck going to Miami-Dade. That's how I felt. I felt at the time like it was like I was stuck. I felt at the time like I basically got handed like the short end of the stick. And of course, it's not until afterwards that I'm like, I am so happy I went to Miami Day. Miami Day was the place for me. Who cares about 12th, 12th, what was it? 13th college. Who cares? Loved it there. I felt like Miami Day groomed me to become the student that I was at USF. I don't know. I just felt like at the time, I was upset. What? Everybody else is moving on and progressing in their lives. And here I am that had to stay back live with my mom for another two years. I know that I make that sound bad, but it's not a bad thing. I just think that at that point in time, I was like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go experience the world. And that's not what I got. Instead, I got two more years of free rent, right? Um, That refund check that came in clutch. 
I was working full time, being able to save up all this money. And I don't even think I realized how good of a position I was in until after the fact. Like, wow, I really didn't take advantage of the fact that I had no no liability, literally walked away from all four years of college with no debt. Who am I kidding? Like, why wasn't my mindset focused on that? And yes, all of my friends were able to go to these universities right after high school, but it didn't make me any less smarter than them. It didn't make the opportunities less accessible for me. If anything, it's just like we're all in our own lanes, stuck in our own traffic. It's like there's no one, you know, to really like compare myself to in essence. But I think if my attitude had been different during that time, I would have been somewhere else, I think. But at the same time, I'm okay with where I'm at. I'm okay with the fact that everything didn't go out squeaky clean the way I expected it to because it wasn't supposed to. If I'm going to be honest with myself, if I went to USF directly after high school, I probably wouldn't have done as well as I did after the two years. I don't think I would have been ready to live on my own. I don't think I would have been able to effectively save money and just become the striving young lady that I am now. I think I had, I still had some growing up to do and I did not know that because for me, I was dead set on the fact that I knew I was grown and I was ready to leave. (laughs) But if I'm going to compare that experience to the many other life experiences that I've had, and even for you who's listening, you you have to go within yourself and say, listen, this I wanted this to happen this way. And I would have expected it to happen this way. It should have happened this way. But it's okay that it didn't happen this way because I obtained this, this, and this. And you, sorry guys. And if you have to think about what it is that you have to obtain, literally sit down and make a list of what you were missing. Of things that you didn't focus on, the fact that, oh, wow, I didn't even realize like that worked out for me. Oftentimes, as a society, I believe that we view detours as, you know, something negative. But what if it's not? <laughs> like, what if you are supposed to be going through this? What are you, what if you're supposed to be taking this road and not the main one? We don't really know what lies on the other side especially if you haven't walked it. You may think, oh, but it should be easy. But <laughs> greatness doesn't come easy, unfortunately. You have to you have to go through a couple things before you reach your true destination. And I feel like when you do go through those couple of things, it makes a destination all the more worthwhile. There's something that's happening in my life right now that I can't wait to tell you guys about, but of course, in due time, But I think about this and I say, wow, God, I prayed to you about this for so long and you're doing it for me more than I would even imagine. It's, it's more than I could have even imagined. Like it's better than I even imagined. And so it's moments like this that I'm like, God, thank you so much for putting, giving me that detour. Look at me ask, like thanking him for detours, because I really don't think I would be where I'm at if I didn't have it. If the detour didn't occur, this blessing, the way it came, the way it fell on my lap and it's overflowing, I don't think I'd even appreciate it until now. And so my only message 
today for you guys is realize where you are. If it's something you can't change, it's definitely a sign that you just need to be content with where you are. Contentment doesn't mean laziness now. Don't be like, okay, well, it's never going to happen for me. Because no, that's, that's not the attitude either. I think you should accept the fact that this is happening to you right now. And that there's nothing you can do about it right now. But eventually you'll get out of it. And part of getting out of it is your attitude towards the situation. I don't think it's fair for you to look down on your situation either. I think you have to take the time to see the beauty and what's happening in your life. No matter how difficult it may seem, there is something that's happening for you. And God is so good in his infinite wisdom that there is nothing that's going to happen to you without his permission. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 tells us that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. God, I ask that you grant me and the person listening to this the serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, the courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, the sinful world just as it is, not as we would have it, but trusting that you will make all things right if we surrender to your will so that we may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Just wanted to let you guys know it doesn't rain always, but it's raining today, so go stand in the rain. 